0: Hey guys, welcome to the new and rebranded podcast for Father Seekers, Teach Me to Father. You know, one of the things about learning how to be a good father when you grow up without a dad is to understand the pathway to fatherhood, and a lot of times, at least in personal experience and some of the guys that i talked to, and, and not only recently, but over the years, they don't understand which, which way to go. And most of the time, beginning the journey to being a good father is taking the first step that's right in front of you. And that's just stepping out, be willing to learn, and to try to figure out what you didn't know and what really doesn't come onto your screen of operation. It's like this. If you don't have a reference point of being a good dad... You have no idea. You don't know what you don't know. And that's what this, this podcast, Teach Me to Father, is all about. It's to figure out those things that we don't know, build a foundation of understanding, and then begin to take those steps of being a good co- father, becoming a good father. You just don't walk into it, happen upon it, but you become one. Today's, story, today's guest, my guest today is a guy that once you hear his story, Again, I think you're going to go, holy cow, this guy, who in the world is he? Mm -hmm. And he is probably one of the most unique guys I've ever met in all my life. He's a young gun. He's a young gun from, I'll let him tell you where he's from, but I will just say to you that he's one of the brightest guys I know and probably the happiest guy I know. I thought Jermaine was last, last podcast, but I don't think he is. I think this guy is the happiest guy I know. Let me introduce you to my friend, Dallas Cox. Hey, Dallas. Hey, Barry.
1: How are you? I'm doing good. Man, I love that theme. I was, we were saying before the podcast, that theme, that theme song is you, and I just... Even to the point where I I can picture you kicking the dirt, you know, like it's a dirt like the like uh like sand and dirt just it, it, it reveals the logo. Teach me to fire. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, so. I'll have to talk to the to the, <laughs> the, the design girl. Yes. You know, I thought I've never thought about that, but see a guy standing there with six guns and a cowboy yes. hat and and a bottle of whiskey and cigars and kick the dust. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, hey buddy. Uh, yeah. That, that cigar and, and whiskey might push somebody over the edge, but yeah. if it does like, like, uh, my grandpa used to tell me, he said, son, build a bridge and get over it.
1: <laughs> and I do appreciate that you call me a young gun still. I love
0: yeah. Yeah. I, you. Yeah, well, you, 40. You're 40. So. so for some of us, you're Really young, you're really young. Some of us, though, some others, Uh you're really old.
1: And and they've let me know (laughs) lately. Like I've been bumping into those people lately. The first
0: on the list would be your kids. Oh my god, dad.
1: Oh yeah, you're old, dad. Yeah, you're old now. Yeah. So
0: my son said to me, I was in Dallas not too long ago. He's an adult, and he said we, we were talking about management leadership, and he said, "You know what I say to those people, dad?" I said, "No." He said. Say less.
1: <laughs> <That's> <laughs> say less. <laughs> I told I was telling Barry that, that uh my kid hates that I say that phrase and so yeah. I try to say it say more less. and more say less and she's yeah. like stop, yeah.
0: stop. I like what I like what our friend uh from Toronto, Andre says, he, he said to his kid said something to him. So he went back and said it to his kid. Yeah, He said, you're not the one. Yeah. You're not, you're not the main character in the script here. Oh man. Yeah. So let's jump in with that quote from, from, uh, Andre Morocco in Toronto, Canada. Uh, 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 you're not the one, you're not the guy. Tell us, tell us who, who, who is, who is
1: doubt. What's your middle name? James, who is Dallas James Cox? Who is he? It's interesting. Now you said James. A funny story. So I am. I was born, and raised in Las Vegas, Nevada, uh, the great uh, state of Nevada. Uh, go Knights! Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's 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 the one thing you know. The Knights are in the in the uh, in the finals, and so. Yeah. anyways, uh, I was born, and raised in Las Vegas. My name was almost James Dallas mm. uh, because. Uh, Dallas was, is a family name. I had an uncle who, who passed away of uh, a crib death uh, named Dallas Edward. And, um, my dad wanted me to name, he wanted to name me after him. But the problem was, uh, my grandfather named his daughter after him. <laughs> and so <laughs> with knowing he's going to have an aunt named Dallas, you would have thought he said, well, that's maybe let's change it up. Nope my dad said his name's gonna be Dallas. (laughs) And so my family calls me DJ. Mm -hmm. And so up until I was, I don't know, five or six, I said, what does DJ stand for? And they said, Dallas James. And then the two two connected, wait a minute, I have an aunt named Dallas. So I was like That's very
0: unique. Am I named after my aunt? Yeah. And so uh Yeah, there's a lot of Dallas is a unique name. It is. It's yeah. universal. So when we were with Jermaine a couple of weeks ago in Milwaukee, yeah. we got to meet some of his family. Yeah. And he's got a brother named Dallas. Yeah. Unusual. And he never told me that. No. We, he we, does you you got a mind for information with Jermaine. <laughs> yes. You got hey bro, ask him a concrete sequence. Yeah. Do you like fried chicken?
1: Yes. Yeah, it was funny cuz they I found this out because we're we were there and we're just we we went early cuz we wanted to support Jermaine and then we just hear people go Dallas. And I was like, "Wait a minute. <laughs> how do people know me here?" And then I see no they're not talking to me, they're talking to someone else. And then I look in the pamphlet and it says that Dallas is Jermaine's brother. Hmm. I'm like, "Bro, if I had a brother named Jermaine, the first day I meet you, I would have said, my brother's name's Right. Jermaine. My <laughs> brother's name's Jermaine.
0: Yeah. So that's Dallas. Dallas. Yeah. So you grew up in the Vegas,
1: yep. the Las Vegas. I grew up in Sin City. Sin City. I, I grew up where uh, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. I actually yeah. know the person, well- I know the person who's related to the person who came up with that saying. Well. Wow. Yeah, what happens at yeah. Vegas, stays in Vegas. Yeah, so.
0: what's your favorite place when you go home to go to? Fun place. Fun
1: place. Oh. <laughs> I don't like going on a strip, I can tell you that. Yeah, I
0: don't either. Yeah. I t- lived there for 3 months. It's it's a miserable place. Yeah,
1: you go to the strip when people are coming to visit. Right. But that's it. And and so um so gosh, what's a fun place to go when when I get th- <laughs> here we go del taco
0: Del Taco. <laughs> I,
1: knew, I knew it was gonna be food someone was gonna sit like wait no what's a what's a staple and no i love no. del taco
0: yeah you know uh one of the one of the things about uh the strip is if here's 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 i I had an okay experience in uh, in Vegas. Yeah. It was it was okay. Yeah, but if I want to, if I really want to go to Vegas mm-hmm. and I want to get the full experience, yeah, I just watch all three of the Hangover movies. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. That's
1: it. I mean, but it's 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 funny. That's my it. my sister put. Uh, two pictures up. She says, this is what people think Vegas is. And it was uh, the blue man group. It's all the shows, the lights and everything like that. She goes, but this is what Vegas really is. And it showed homeless and people right. handing out the, you know, the strip club things yeah. and, and all that stuff like this. There's, there's some just, there's some greatness to Vegas. Like mm-hmm. I, I do love going home. All my family's there. I do love going home, but there's some parts of Vegas you just go, Ugh. and especially now I've been seven years out. Oh no, mm-hmm. I've, I've been out of Vegas for 11 years. Cause I was in San Diego for four years mm-hmm. and I've been here seven. Am mm-hmm. I doing the math right? Seven.
0: Yeah. Nine, that's nine. a lot.
1: Yeah. So I'm finding that the more I've, uh, I've been out of it, the more I go, how did I live in this? Like I I took my family and we're going to go see my mother. And we're on Charleston and Nellis. Hmm. And my daughter goes, I would never walk around here. This looks hmm. dangerous. And I go, oh, I walked around here all the time mm-hmm. when I was your age yeah. <laughs> like yeah. and younger. So yeah. you
0: know? Isn't that cool? Your kids go, oh, no, I wouldn't have done this. No.
1: Yeah. It does make you feel tough for a second. You're like, oh, yeah. this is nothing yeah, to man. me. <laughs> yeah. I, I used
0: to stay right over there yep. and as we hung out on the corner.
1: Yep. 100%. Yep.
0: Yeah, all that. So- uh, one of the most be- it, it's 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 a paradox place because you can go in the in the four or five square blocks there and then go down in the alleys and see mm. the real world. Yeah. When you get outside of Vegas and you go to Red Rock Canyon, yeah, then you see the beauty of the the Creator. Oh yeah, that's the real thing.
1: Red Rock is yeah. so nice. Yeah,
0: it's a gorgeous place. Mm-hmm. So you lived in Vegas, you grew up there. Yep. Tell us tell us about the junior high and high school Dallas.
1: Oh, junior oh it's, it's okay. So uh junior high uh Dallas was very shy, very intimidated, did mm. not like to speak in crowds, did not like to have conversations, it was a lot of whispering. Mm. You know, I was a very shy person and so mm. um my so my parents uh my my mom and dad uh were together up until I was 7 years old and then they got uh they, I, I want to say divorced, but I just found out they weren't married. <laughs> I just found this out 2 Uh-oh. years ago. Yeah. So they just got separated. Um, but then my dad remarried and, uh, I couldn't, I consider her my mom who raised me because Mm -hmm. she's Mm -hmm. still in my life. I just saw her a couple weeks ago and spent time with her uh, in Alaska. And so what's uh, her first name? Terry. Terry. Yeah. Terry, uh, which again, another name just like me where it's, uh, it could be male and female. Yeah. And so, uh, so the, so junior high that I, I was, you know, living with, uh, them. And then during junior high, they got divorced. And uh, and it was a very hard divorce. My mom took it very hard, and that's when, um, actually, I you know I grew up in a Lutheran church. I had a, this respect and honor for God, but I didn't have a relationship with God. I was I had a I had a that's fear good. of Him, not a that's good. Like I was afraid of Him, but I didn't have a fear of Him. Yeah. And so, uh, so when my parents got divorced, my mother's depression pretty much we were on our own for a little bit mm. Me, my my older brother mm. um my sisters uh we just they were like you guys gotta figure it out you mm. know because I, I I have she just it, it was really rough on her mm. and so partying happened in my mm-hmm. junior high years I was drinking and smoking uh not chewing and hanging out with those who do but i was I was doing everything else and found no fulfillment in it and so in junior high i I think I was just like I don't want this. And I found myself not missing the Lutheran church, but missing church. Mm. And I was invited to another church and, um, and then liked it, but liked it for the wrong reasons. Just wanted to hang out with girls and, mm. and uh, skateboard and all that stuff. And then was invited to a camp. And same thing, wanted to get to know a girl named Santana. and and, uh, and
0: Santana.
1: Santana. Come on. <laughs> so Let's and, go. And again, another name that could be. First. Could be. Could be. <laughs> and so, uh, and then um, Brett Allen, he's a pastor. I think he's in. Brett Allen. I think he's in Sacramento. Good guy. Um, yeah, we used to call him Pastor Goldberg mm. because he, he looks like, just like he him. He does. Yeah. And so, uh, told, told told me about Jesus in a way I never heard. Mm. You know, I, I didn't hear about this savior who loved me so much that he died for my sins, that what he did so that I can have freedom and new life and all we have to do is is welcome and accept it. And so mm. at 15, I said, okay, I want that. And man, that change, that, that transformation that I felt like happened, I mean... I don't remember the last time I cried. I mean, no, I do remember the last time I cried that much. But that was the first time I cried like that in mm. such a joyful way. And then the next day, he called people in the ministry, and I said, "I'm in. I want to mm. do this. Mm. This is my calling." Mm-hmm. And so at 15, I, I got called to ministry. And then that change happened. That quiet, that whispering Dallas, mm-hmm. that he was gone. He got loud. <laughs> he got yeah. loud. Yeah. He got he got loud. He got excited. He got he got he was ready to speak the word. And, mm. and he, and even though he wasn't ready, he thought he was ready. I, mm. I remember I tried to preach some messages. I tried to act like people, but I was ready. And so, and that went into high school. And that's what I was known for is Dallas loves Jesus. And some people liked that. And some people didn't like that. And yeah. I had friends and I lost friends. And so, so high school was, 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 I mean, it was all about Jesus. Like I, I went, luckily I went to the school that was connected to the church I went to. And there was times right right after school, I just went to church hmm. and I went to go help Pastor Johnny. And I went to, you know, I, I would help anywhere at the church. Yeah. So I was, you called me, I was a church rat. I yeah. was, I was church there rats. All, I was all yeah. the time. In the summer, I got there at 3 p.m. and I just helped out all the time. And so, yeah, so high school was just high school. Okay. I, I, I I'm going over a lot of things. That's okay. In junior high, my parents got divorced. Yeah. And the reason I called my mom who raised me is I assumed in this divorce, I would go with my dad. He's my blood father. She's not my blood mother. It makes no sense.
0: What's your dad's first name?
1: Uh, his, Don't, I almost said his fake first name. Fake first name. His, well, now it's legally. His alias? So so I my dad, I, I thought his name was Ed. I thought that was his legal birth name and found out that's not his real name. That was his, that was his, uh, um, you know, his brother's name that, his he, street went, name. He, that he went by and, but um, he, he did some time and then in mm-hmm. that legally changed his name to Johnny Allen Dallas Edward Cox, but his real name is Johnny. Mm-hmm. Uh, not Jonathan, not John, it's Johnny. Mm-hmm. And so uh, Johnny Allen Dallas, Edward Cox, I just call him dad. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, but, but there was a time, you know, which I, I know we're on, on you know, uh, teach me to father and, or father seekers. Uh, there was a lot, lot of time in my life with my dad, that um, he was there, but he wasn't there. you know he, he was he was trying to make money. He was a hustler. Mm. and so that caused him to be out a lot. and so there was those, that connection wasn't there as much. And I felt like when he came home, he just he, he only had time to discipline and and mm. some of that was stemmed off frustration and anger. And so uh, I grew up with a very abusive father, um, not just physically but verbally. and uh, so when they got divorced, she said... You can stay with me if you want to. And I was 15, so I guess, so I said, yeah, I want to do that. Mm-hmm. And so uh, so he was gone. I gave my life to Jesus, and I felt like it was God's way of saying, um, you know what, I'm going to bless you with removing him for your life. And I mm-hmm. said, perfect. And I would thank God for that. God, thank you for taking him out of my life. Mm-hmm. Thank you that I don't have him in my life anymore. And I was content on not having him in my life ever again.
0: So let's let's go back to a couple of things you mentioned. Yeah. Uh you mentioned that you have siblings.
1: I do. Yeah, I have you know, many. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so break down for us how how your bio mom, your yeah. mom mom, oh, yeah. your dad's relationship with Terry. Yeah. And then how all the sibs worked into that. Oh yeah. 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 So I want to I've heard your story before and this part of it is is going to play out in the end of our podcast, but it's sure. so significant to what's actually happening right
1: now. So I have, um, so I have two sisters where we we share the same mother and the same father, mm-hmm. and and they are uh, Ella and Veronica. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ella goes by Charlene now because she thinks the name Ella is not cool, uh, so she goes by Charlene. That's her middle name, and mm-hmm. Veronica still thinks her name is cool. She goes by Veronica. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I have two other sisters. Where we share the same dad, mm-hmm. um, but we, uh, but their their mom is my mom who raised me. But that's her birth mom. Uh, I have a, I said my brother. He's not my blood brother, even though people look at and they go, but the, he looks exactly like you. And there was a time in my life I was totally content with that. I didn't want people to know that my parents were separated and I had steps and all that stuff. And the early in the nineties, that was still kind of taboo. That was not popular. That was not as as hit as it was, I actually was friends with someone only because we had that in common. He wasn't a great guy, but we had the divorce thing in common. Mm. It was like me and him in my elementary school. Mm. And so when people were like, wow, you look just like your brother, I didn't correct him. I said, thanks, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. because, but he's he's my stepbrother, but he's my brother. I mean, he's not mm. my stepbrother anymore either. He's yeah. just my brother. Yeah, uh, And then I have two other brothers, again, same father, but different mother. And yeah. that's the uh, woman that he's married to now. Her name's Judy. Great yeah. woman from the Philippines and yeah. uh great grandmother. So my kids are blessed to have uh, multiple grandmothers. Yeah. And, and
0: so, so let's stop, stop with that just for a second. Like yes. when there's all this, this breakup and, mm-hmm. and craziness. Yeah. And, and, and it seems like dysfunctionality would rule the roost. Yeah. It seems like that in your story, there's a modicum of peace at least amongst the sibs mm-hmm. and the step sibs yes it seems like that that out of all this and out of all this this unnatural if we use scripture as the foundation for a natural family unit yeah this is this is outside that norm mm-hmm. but there's there's still ways to have peace peace in the midst of this storm. Yes. Yeah, how did you do that? How do you and We're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves, but I want to make the point now. How do, how do you do that as as you, as a Jesus guy? How do you do that
1: now? Uh well, before that, I the honestly the biggest thing was I didn't I didn't like what it was producing out of my siblings. Um, I found that our circumstances and our dysfunctionality would fuel some of my siblings to be either super negative mm. or super dramatic. Sure, and and I just said I don't want that. Yeah, and so I think for me in this dysfunction, I said I want to find I want to find health and peace in this. And so uh, before Jesus, I would just lie. That's my birth mother. That's my birth brother. Mm. This is my family. Mm. I just wanted a healthy family. Yeah, and so I would try to find health in all of it. And then mm. after Jesus. Well, I, I, to me, it made me pursue Jesus more. Was was in this dysfunctionality because that was a reality. I think the reason I was a church rat is because I found a lot of peace in, in that, mm-hmm. you know. But the beginning sure. stages of my salvation, I would come home to crazy, a crazy life, yeah, uh, which I didn't think was crazy until my I brought a girlfriend over and she like like thought. Was like, it Santana? Not Santana, No, no, no. No, no Sant- God used Santana to me in a church. And he's like, that's all she going to be. <laughs> See you later. And I'm thankful for that. Uh, but no, Santana, I was never Santana's manna. So. you mm. <laughs> practiced that. I did. He oh, yeah. did. That's something that I've used a couple times. times. So, yeah. Um, but there was a girl I was dating and I brought her over the house. And all of a sudden there's yelling and screaming. And, mm. and I go to shut him up. Hey, mm. hey, hey, guys, be quiet. Hey, I got a mm. girlfriend over. Mm-hmm. And I come back and I can't find her. And she hid in the corner of my room because she thought my brother was fighting with my mom's boyfriend. And she thought my brother was going to kill everybody. Mm. She's like, get, I, get me out of here. And I said, okay. Mm. And so like, I li- I had to like hide her as I'm getting her out past my brother mm. and the boyfriend. And I didn't think anything of it. I didn't think, yeah, oh, no, they're just fighting. That's, norm. <laughs> That's, That's just the norm. That's the norm, baby. Yeah. Uh, but she thought it was chaos.
0: Yeah. And so. Um, so emerging from that kind of atmosphere and that thing. Yeah. Uh, fast forward to your most recent family gathering, yeah, and the difference. Let's talk about. We're getting again ahead of ourselves because yeah. we're going to talk about what you do and where you do it at in a few minutes. Sure. but You let's fast forward to the family event that you guys just had, yeah. And from that crazy dysfunction to this last family reunion you had, mm-hmm. what what was how how has everything transitioned, and what was the culmination on this big event for you?
1: Um, I think the biggest thing was, uh, I, I wanted to make sure that I had God moments with my family. And Mm. so there was moments, um, that I was able to have these personal conversations, but I have a very healthy family now, you know, I've been married for 15 years. I have three kids. Uh, and, and Jesus is the center of everything we do Mm -hmm. and, um, whether my kids like it or not all the time, but you know, we are a praying family. We're a Bible believing family. We are a a, a family that worships and, and are obedient. And so that you don't know how much that trickles out until you're around environments that that's not the center. Break,
0: break down because a lot of my friends in the South listen to this and when they hear Bible believing. Yeah. It, it triggers Southern people. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotcha. It, it's not that it's bad for you here or in the Midwest yeah. where we live, but but Bible believing is almost a license to say and do whatever you want to do when you quote scripture, even though you misquote it and Correct. misuse it and beat somebody yeah. with it. So
1: we are, our family doesn't just, we don't just read the Bible. We study the Bible. There you go. And so when you see scriptures that people have beaten people with, you have yeah. to go, well, what's the context of this? Yeah. Because it's interesting there's some scriptures where people like to beat their head over and it's like, but wait a minute. yeah there's another scripture that contradicts that. So if there's scriptures that contradict that mindset, then maybe it needs to be studied and unpacked and looked at a context in the history of it. And so so no wait,
0: stop yeah because you're talking now about guys who are listening mm-hmm. they don't they don't know how to reframe the way they think about For me, I still wrestle. With the fatherhood of God, I have to remind myself. Yeah. So I have to reframe Mm -hmm. my thinking that any thinking that emerges from my emotions from the past that I have to redo my mind and my heart with. Yeah. I have to reframe it with scripture. Yes. And then begin to seek wisdom and knowledge and understanding and. And intelligence, Mm -hmm. emotional intelligence, we can find. And that's what you're talking about. Oh, 100%. Is finding emotional intelligence in scripture.
1: Yeah. Because when they describe God as our father, that was Mm -hmm. hard for me too. Oh, yeah. Because when I think of my father, I I didn't think positive things in the beginning of my Jesus journey. When I look at my father, I looked at anger. I looked at abuse. I looked at um, just negativity. And you're saying that God is our father. So, again, Mm -hmm. I had to remove... My father from that scenario and understand. Okay, what is a healthy father supposed to look there like? There you go. Because yeah. that's the lineage. Yeah. And so I, 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 would say for people, if if a scripture has been beaten over the head mm-hmm. on you, mm-hmm. you need to remove that scenario and go. Okay, now I need to pursue this scripture in a different light. Yeah. You know, if if uh, if women have been beaten over the head of certain scriptures, remove that scenario. And going into it, going, I'm going to go into this fresh and new to study the scripture, to get the original intent and the history of it. There you go. Because it will, not only will it, it will be a a freshness to you, it will, it will cause you to pursue the Bible again. Because I think people have turned their back on the Bible because they've been beaten by the Bible. Yeah. And God says, I'm sorry that that happened to you, but I still want you to pursue it despite what was happened.
0: So, so on this, on this big event. Yes you had this opportunity that you just described yeah to to make some healthy correctional yes familial insertions in the hearts and minds and thinking and emotions yes because my guess is when my family uh uh i just i just i just recently got engaged yeah to a super lady yep. and i said we're not going to sign prenups but what we're going to do is you're going to sign a disclaimer that you have not met my family yet, <laughs> but, but when you do no actionable, yeah. uh, no action, no action can be taken. Yeah. Yeah. So she laughed really hard about that. Mm-hmm. But I guess when we, when we talk about making those, when we talk about family changing the way family thinks yeah, and we change the way that we want them to think. Yeah. I want you to talk about in the context of this event, I want you to talk about um how how you went about Oh, yeah. inserting and making insertions with love and mercy and kindness but firmness and truth. How
1: did you do that? So, I I um I had to make up for some from for some lost time I think in the beginning of my salvation. Uh, when I became a Jesus person, I I had this understanding of God can come back at any moment, which was scary and new mm-hmm, to me. Mm-hmm. And I loved my family enough that where I was like, you guys got to give your life to Jesus. And, and what it was is I was looking at their actions and not looking at their heart. For, so for many years, I would tell my siblings, you need to stop doing that. Stop saying that. Stop going there. Stop, mm-hmm, stop, stop, mm-hmm. stop. And I was becoming this like this spiritual hall monitor for my siblings. And to the, I mean, there was instances where my brother is like, you need to leave right now.
0: Mm-hmm. Like, a, a thought and, just occurred to me. Yeah. So, so you became, I I was so good the way you said it, mm-hmm. a spiritual, a spiritual hall monitor. Yeah. And, and it almost sounds like, I've said this many times that, people who we've served under or been reared under or raised under the trauma that we have in our lives, Mm -hmm. we can almost have secondhand seated trauma in our hearts. Yeah. And it affects us in different ways. Mm -hmm. Like for me, yeah. uh, I, for a while there, I raised my kids out of fear, Mm -hmm. fear of what was going to happen fear of what they're going to do rather than just letting them be kids. But then I became, I became part of, part of that coming out of me, I noticed was the fear that my grandparents had Mm -hmm. that raised me. Yeah. You talked about your dad being abusive in a couple of ways. Yeah. So to counteract that, the imbalance, Mm -hmm. you became a spiritual hall monitor for your family.
1: It's, and it's so funny that you, yeah, I was trying to, in a way, um, Cause again, my dad wasn't in. Wow, I didn't. I never connected to those two. Right. <laughs> but so in a way, I, I was just journeyed to be, you without your I permission. I was going to say, <laughs> uh, I didn't realize I was trying to be this father for my siblings. So fast forward, I understood that that didn't bring us close together. Actually, separated us, and to the point where my family would be. They were awkward around me. You know, when they'd see me, oh hey, DJ, how you doing? Oh hey, and you know, and, and if they said a swear word, oh, excuse my language, and all this stuff, and yeah. I said, and and we had to break that, where I had to just say, hey, I don't, I don't care if you swear around me, like I don't care, yeah. you, you just be you. And so, in this trip, I just, I was able to have these moments with each of them individually. Not, not all of them. My sisters who we share the same parents that weren't there, but these were the siblings that. Uh, we share the same dad and then my my brother, who we don't share anything, yeah, um, but love for each other. Yeah. So, uh, But I was able to have moments with them where I got to see the heart of things and then be able to minister with that and and um, be able to speak scriptures in a way that brought life to it. And I didn't have to say, oh, you know, in, in John chapter, I didn't do any of that. I just spoke God's word into their life. And I spoke into my brother when it came to his marriage. I spoke into my sister when it came to the power of forgiveness. I spoke into my other sister when it came into just being patient and leaning and trusting and and, and believing. And so I was able to speak God's word. And he, the thing I love is to go, that's really good. And they want to give me credit for it. Mm. I don't know. That's just something I mm-hmm. studied, Yeah, you know? Yeah. And so I was able to have these moments. I had a moment with my uncle where he was honest to me about how he feels about God? He's he's angry with God about yeah. him taking children out of his life, and yeah. and I had had that real moment with him, and and so there was parts of me that the hall monitor was not there, you know they they could they could say whatever they want and do whatever they want, and I just smiled, and yeah. and I know some people would go, well, that's not a good Christian. I I think I needed them to tr- know that they can be as as comfortable as they can with me, yeah, so that I can have opportunities. So let's go let's
0: go back to. So you're, you've got some really good high points here in your story. Yeah. You you had you had as a young guy you had a re, uh, uh, reverence mm-hmm. and respect, but not all for God. No. And you didn't. You couldn't have all for God because you didn't have a relationship with God. Correct. So so your family mm-hmm. had had this respect mm-hmm. for you now because you represent God. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and you've now be, you've you become the model of
1: relationship with Jesus. That's honestly my prayer and my hope. That's yeah. my prayer. Every time I interact with him is man, I want Jesus. I want them to see you. Cause I right. don't want them to be like, Oh, look how good Dallas is.
0: Look what Dallas does. It made him good.
1: Yeah. That's so cute. Right. I want that. Yeah. I want them to go like, I want what he has. Yeah. And then the reality is you can, Yeah, I'm not perfect. And, e- and, and even if I was, scripture shows us that our righteousness is like filthy rags to God, mm-hmm. you know, that our all the good things we could do is garbage in comparison to knowing him. Yeah, And so it's, it's not about how good I am and the good things. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, if any good work comes out of me, it's been produced through my faith in Jesus, right. my encounter with Jesus. Right. And so that's my prayer. God don't I don't want them to see the good of me. I want to see that you are in me mm-hmm. and that it's available for them too. Yeah.
0: So when when you have these conversations now, yeah, and you have these flashbacks of oh, we did this, we were involved in that. Yeah, we experienced this together. Mm-hmm. What part what part of that, especially in this this context that you guys just had at your recent family reunion? Yeah. What what part of that? brought healing to you to be sitting there now not as the person of dysfunction mm-hmm. but the person that has healing in his hands and his heart because it's been bestowed upon him to give to others
1: um i i guess i just i got to show them well like the biggest thing i got to show them was the power of forgiveness there you go and um Because one thing we had, and one thing, not my younger sisters, they had actually a great relationship with my father, but my older brother, my older siblings, if there's one thing we all had in common is we don't like that dude. Mm. And my dad, we didn't Mm. like him. He Mm -hmm. was, he was the enemy. He was. And so for them to now see me have a relationship with him, and I believe a healthy relationship with him is a head scratcher. But I got to have moments where I said, no, you don't understand that's a God thing mm-hmm. because I was content on never having him in my life, mm-hmm. but I felt very strongly probably a year, maybe two years into my relationship with Jesus where God said to me, because I forgave you, I want you to forgive him. Mm-hmm. And I knew who him was, him was yeah. my dad. Yeah, And I struggled and I fought with that. And I said, no, I'm not doing that. Mm-hmm. And God kept tugging and tugging until I finally did.
0: Talk to me about you just, Completed a loop there. You, you, you talked about having a dad that was abusive, mm-hmm. future abandonment. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was, when he was under the same roof, mm-hmm. he was, he was present, but not available, engaged and involved. A hundred percent. Right? Yes. So there's this thing in you that wants relationship, but because of his behavior and treatment, mm-hmm. you said no, Yep. and then you moved forward in closer with Jesus. And then you begin to hear these, this verbiage of fatherhood and father, God, and God, yes. the father. So now this whole healing process starts inside of you with, well, I had this rotten example and now I've got, I've got. I'm forced into this this process of forgiveness because I'm following Jesus. Yeah. Now I'm learning what that's all about, and then suddenly mm-hmm. I become a father. Yes. Talk and- about talk about those steps and what becoming a father. First, tell us about your kids, but then tell us what what it was like opening your eyes further to being a good father once you had kids,
1: Mm -hmm. like how that healing started and evolved. Uh, So I I realized that I never wanted to use the excuse, because this happened to me, it's just going to happen to everyone else. I I knew that I was in a generational curse, a generational curse of abuse, a generational curse of uh, divorce being an option, and so I made the decision that I'm going to break that curse in my family. I'm going to break that curse of divorce. I told my family I'll never get a divorce, and they said, mm, "I don't know if you can say that." I said, "No, I'm going to. I'm saying that, and I'm claiming that, and and so therefore I'm going to find a mate who also does not have look at divorce as an option. It's not an option in our in our marriage. And people could say, "What about this? What about this?" It's fun. yeah, we'll get through all of it together. But I'm also gonna make sure that I'm doing, doing everything I need to do to keep the relationship healthy. So it doesn't go to an affair, an addiction, a, a, a separation to happen. Um, but the same thing, but I it's easy. It's, it's one thing to say, I want a healthy relationship is another thing to do it. And so what I did in that pursuit was I can't get that from my family. So I need to find people that I see have a healthy relationship and, and model it and ask questions and just, I mean, annoy them. I mean, I hung out. Who,
0: who are the, who are the people, who are the top three outstanding men in your life that exhibited great fatherhood for you early on? Um,
1: Pastor Robert Gorey would be one. Mm-hmm. He was a, a mentor of mine. I thought was really, really great. And I just loved how he was a great father. Um, I used to call him uncle Tony. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he was, he was Tony Lorenzo. He was a uh, cop and I, I loved how he was dad. He was also a dad who adopted um, a son mm-hmm. that wasn't his birth son. Wow. I loved him just like wow. he was his own. Um, and then, um, Gosh, there were so many. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of pastors, I think, because I hang out with a lot of pastors, but Pastor Matthew Schlesinger, I thought was another guy. Who I love the way that he fathered his kids, mm-hmm. and I would pick his brain all the time. Yeah. Um, gosh, I, I want to give credit where credit's due, but I'm blanking. I mean, Pastor Tom Van Kempen, he yeah. was another guy. I loved how he mar- did marriage. I loved how he did kids. I just love what he did in the house. I, I remember sitting at his couch he's throwing a football with his son while he's talking to me. And I go just little things where I go, I want to do stuff like that. I yeah. just want to have these, I want to give you attention, but if my kid's in the room, I want to give yeah, them attention. Right. So, so it's impossible mm-hmm.
0: for us to go back. I tried that one time, like as far back as I could remember, like who are the guys who is the first guy that stepped up when yeah. my dad departed. Yeah. Uh, or, or left our home. Mm-hmm. Um, who was the first one that stepped up and in, and it was my grandfather. Yeah. But then I started remembering and it's like, oh my gosh, this is the thing about about being an orphan is we think we don't have anything but negative, horrible road marks, yeah. r- road rash or monuments in our past. Yeah. But there's some good things there. And if we go back and mine those out, we can find some really great things that, hey, God planted this guy in my life for this time to show me this so that I can move to the next place. Mm-hmm. So with that in mind, as you begin to walk through this and you're learning all these pieces and you're becoming yeah. clearer in your understanding of what I experienced was, was not what God intended. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I experienced the consequence of it, but it wasn't my responsibility. hmm. I didn't create it, but now I have to deal with it. Yeah. I have to, to move forward. Yes. So you're moving forward. You're learning. Mm-hmm. You're on your Jesus journey. You become a dad. Yeah. So tell us tell us how that part happened. Tell us about your wife and your kids. Interesting story.
1: So I've known my wife since I was 15 hmm. um, and she was 19. Uh, so she, I was definitely not in her radar. I wasn't. Yeah. She, was, she wasn't really in mine, but she's just been... A, My life, her parents were in the ministry. Her her dad's a a worship pastor and he was a worship pastor at the church I gave my life to Jesus at. And um, so she's kind of always been my life. We've done worship together and things like that. Um, But we also did an internship together and then got to know each other really well. And then I looked at her differently. I always say she got, she really did. She got a haircut and I noticed it. I said, oh, you got a nice haircut. And just something switched. I was like, wait a minute. There you go. There's something about that haircut. <laughs> Hello. And um, so I began to pursue my wife and and uh, we went on dates. But we did everything right. I mean, our first our first date was like, here's my dreams. Here's my goals. Here's what I want to do. Here's what I don't want to do. And, and so we made things of, we're not going to do, we're not going to be alone together. We're going to remain pure. We're going to, we're going to make sure, like we had a rule that we won't see each other one day a week so that we can have our own time to be with friends, to be alone with God, whatever it needs to be. And so that day for us was Thursday. We're not going to see each other on Thursday. We're not going to even talk to each other on Thursday. So we just made these rules and these things into our, to make our relationship healthy from the jump. And said, if we don't agree with it, or if we break these rules, then the consequences break breakup. And that first date, I wanted to marry her. So, like, yeah. I, I, I mean, it, it really helped me be like, you know, to to stay on this path. And so, uh, so yeah, a year into us dating, and we got engaged. We got married. We've been married 15 years um, uh, after that. And so, um, it's just, just, it's been a wonderful marriage and then um but
0: hold on so you yes. guys you guys really your relationship started like a sort of a ministry Cinderella story yeah. like you met <laughs> you met in a good a good when I say mm-hmm. comfortable nice place you yes. met in a place where there was healthy relationships yes. healthy spiritual relationships yep. healthy gospel being preached and it wasn't it was an idealistic kind of a beginning for you guys, yeah. where you got a good start, a good foundation.
1: Yeah, and 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 it was one of those things. I I said this before that I I remember just finally get to a point with God and saying, God, I'm sorry that I am putting all these these needs, these checklists on who my my future wife needs to be. Mm. I surrender wh- whoever it is to you. That's good. And um, yeah, and then I I love it because one of the things on my checklist was I didn't want her to be too short and I didn't want her to be older than me. And (laughs) Shelby's both those things. Um, But she loves Jesus more than me and she has a call of ministry and it, and it shows. And so uh, so once I did that, that's when Shelby's was on my radar, mm. not realizing she's been in my life for, you know, yeah. for, I mean, we've been together 15 years, but she's been in my life. I mean, gosh, 25 years, Wow. you know? Wow. And so there was 10 years of her being in my life, but no interest at all. Yeah. And so, um, so yeah, so there was, but yeah, I met her in church and I met her doing ministry together and she became my friend because we were, you know, serving together in the church and and serving the youth ministry and serving on the worship team and, and so yeah and and we and we've gone through the 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 ups and the downs of ministry and but the thing I love is in the ups and the downs, we pray together, we cried together we 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 fought together we we've done a lot of things together that I don't know if I could have done with any of my past relationships
0: let's 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 dive into this because this is a question that I literally get asked on average, yeah, once or twice a month by people mm-hmm. So Shelby grew up in a really great home, ministry home, mm-hmm. mom and dad, good Italians, yep. steady, solid as a rock. Yep. Dad's a worship pastor. Mm-hmm. Mom's solid. Sibs are solid. Yeah. So that's sort of not perfect. Nobody's perfect, but that's a good way to grow up. Like yeah. it's a sweet way to grow up. Yeah. You on the other hand, uh, you, are. Uh, 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 you grew up with Don and Dorothy dysfunction and she grew up with a healthy mom and dad. Talk about, talk about the merger that had to happen there.
1: Oh yeah. It's, it's, it's still, it's interesting is I don't know if it's as much as a merger that I was hoping for. Like there's not like my family and her family don't get together a lot. And I don't think it's her family that is the reason. I think my family is like, I don't know if I want to go over there. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know if I want to do that. But her family, that was one, I had to fight the 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 reality that um I didn't think I deserved to marry into a family like that. Mm. And I had to fight that. Yeah. Um and I'm thankful I did because um her her family has helped me a ton. Her father has helped me a ton, you know, as being a pastor and someone who's becoming a pastor. And I choose I picked his brain all the time. He's the one that taught me how you know God's called you somewhere, hmm. you know because I I didn't know He go. gave me an answer that I still use and I I quote all the time. And so they have been so helpful in that health, in that that um that uh, showing a good marriage, showing good parenting. So, you know, I would put my parents, uh, my in-laws as, as, and I love them. I I don't call them Dave and Sandy. I call them mom and dad, you know, mm-hmm. I, I love that they're in my life. And so, mm-hmm. uh, so yeah, so for Shelby, so it's for me, it's easy to go see her side of the family. And I don't think it's hard for Shelby, but I think it's different for Shelby. Yeah, And it's, it's interesting because even my sisters and my sister-in-law, they're like, does Shelby not like us? And I'm like, it's not that she doesn't like you. She just, you, she doesn't, she doesn't, she doesn't want to gossip. She doesn't want to get negative. She doesn't want to do these things. So she just smiles and nods mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And yeah. so it's just it's she's different, you know. She's, yeah, she's she's got no drama in her. <laughs> yeah, that's good. <laughs> See, know? that's really good. And so like that's and but that was a thing that I had to fight too. I I felt like I had to have I had to have some relation or rela- re- relatability with my sp- with my future spouse, mm-hmm. and I didn't need that. Oh, you come from a dysfunctional family. Yeah. Me too. Yeah, we should get together. Yeah. No, we shouldn't. Right, because <laughs> yeah. that led to so many other to bad breakups. Yeah, because we are both hurting. Yeah, and so so it helped me to be in a healthy family and 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 to a healthy environment to get healing in that. Mm-hmm. So yep. I'm still healing.
0: I want to I want to do I want to do a in the future. Mm-hmm. I want to do a podcast with you and Shelby yeah. to talk about specifically how you guys built this good, strong marriage coming from where you came and from where she came. Yeah. Because there's, there's thousands of men who are in ministry right now who grew up without a dad. Yeah. Who married great godly women who grew up in a healthy family. Yep. And now there's a merger taking place that Mm. you've got, Unhealthy merging with healthy, yeah. and I don't care how big a Jesus guy you are, mm-hmm. you you there are there are tumultuous storms that you will have to to encounter, yes, and survive through a hundred percent. And and if you are not looking for Jesus on the water of that storm to quiet it, you're going to crash your marriage.
1: That's, that's so true. That you is, you will crash is. your marriage. It is. So you've got three kids. I do. How awesome are they? I I love them. I do. I have a 13 year old named Kennedy and I have twin eight year olds, Logan and Riley. And, um, and honestly y- you talk about, you know, how do I parent again? It was, it was going, okay. I didn't like the way that I saw parenting as a kid. Mm. So I need to find good parents. And so, some mm-hmm. of the people I listed and talked about, uh, I would pick their brain. I would, mm-hmm. you know, because what happens when you, when discipline leads to abuse the mm-hmm. first thing you do is you go, okay, I'm not going to discipline then. No, you should correct and discipline your kids. You just it doesn't need to lead to abuse. So I had to fight through that, and that took me reading books, asking questions, listening to podcasts on what I need to do to make sure that I train my child up. And All right, I want to
0: give you a leading question. I want you to go back to the statement, Bible believing. Yes spring forward to discipline yeah, and now break down that, break down what that word really means in scripture.
1: So d- d- to discipline is to direct, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's not to, it's not to uh, Lord over. It's not to, um, you know, show that I'm the dominant one, you know, d- discipline is, Hey, you're going on the wrong path and I need to put you in the right path. You know, a scripture that was told to me growing up was spare the rod, spoil the child. Yeah. And I hated that scripture because that was the fuel that led to the abuse. Yeah. And so um which, you know, again,
0: the validation of of yeah. using spiritual stuff. And
1: and I've been able to have a conversation with my father uh where he he did not understand the trauma of that. Right. He he didn't think the abuse was abused because he was abused more. So that's why I talk about generational curses. There was a, gen- he was abused more than I was. Mm-hmm. And so, so for me, I know that I need to direct my So Cause again, spare the rod, spoil the child. What that means, the rod was not, was there to correct, to direct. The staff. It was a staff going, oh no, no, don't go that way. And so therefore that's what our job is, is to not, is not to correct the, the action is to direct the heart. Mm-hmm. What is the heart behind that? Yeah, and that I had to study that, and learn that, yeah, and hear examples of. I mean, I I, I read a book. I love this book. It's called Shepherding a Child's Heart. Mm. It's it's a great book by uh, uh, Trip something Trip, but Shepherding a Child's Heart. It's a great book. But he has a, a section where he talks about what you should do to spank a when you spank a child, mm-hmm. which again, there's certain ages that, that happens. That's no good. Yeah, yeah. And then after that, if you go beyond, you know, 13 or not even 13, maybe it's nine. It's
0: Yeah. It's super young. It's, yeah. It, it, then it becomes abuse and becomes beating. Abuse. Yeah.
1: But yeah. before that he, he talks in the book, how you, you interact with the kid and you say, Hey, because you did this, I need to correct you this. Yeah. There's a conversation that happens. Then there's a spanking. And then after there's hugging and I remember reading that going like, what that what <laughs> who that's not how it happens who wrote that fool no yeah yeah w- what you do is you get yelled at you get beat and then you're told to get out of here or <laughs> or
0: or some some of the guys i've talked to go and then my mom would take me to get ice cream yes. to try to fix it try to fix it what's the most popular word uh that derives or finds its root in discipline
1: it's very easy. I'm, bl- I'm going blank. It's blame. very easy. I, um, Spell discipline. D- D- oh, disciple. Bingo. Yes, disciple. And that, yes, and that's it. Disciple
0: Our- actually, and one of the meanings of it means disciplined one. Yes. Right, to follow the shepherd. Yes. Right? So you you just described that, and you, you now have have unveiled a little bit of the merger piece between you and Shelby. Yep. Like this is how my mom and dad did it. This is how my dad did it and yep. my mom didn't. Yeah. So what do we do? Where's our common ground here? So then the scripture comes into play and we use love, mercy, grace, yes, lead a child in the way like that scripture uh is not it's a it's a proverb, not a promise. Yes lead a child, direct them in the way that they're bent Yes, and they won't depart from it. That doesn't mean that you teach them scripture and they're, they're going to get saved one day. That's not what that means. Mm-hmm. Figure out what God designed them to do. Yes. And I see you doing that in Kennedy's life right yeah. now. Yeah. Cause she's a teenager and she's a preacher's kid and yep. she's, she's seen more than most kids will ever see. Correct. So the thing, the same thing happened with my three boys. How do I lead them mm-hmm. point? at particular ages. How do I how do I shepherd that heart toward yes. what God's created them to
1: do? How do you do that? How do you and Shelby do that? Well, I I think the biggest thing is we have to live it. We have to we have to not just say it, we have to live it. We can't tell them to go to the Bible if we're not going to the Bible. We can't tell them to go to prayer if we're not going to prayer. So I think I always hear that phrase, it's not taught, it's caught. I think that's a big thing. But but the, also there's there's for us to, to, to lead people to our relationship with Jesus, you know, we, we have to talk about it. You know, my, my oldest is, she's so funny. Cause she's like, when I say, you know, what will help that problem? She goes, let me guess prayer. I'm like, but, but for her to understand that she understands that prayer is such a foundation to my life. And so, so yes, it's not just, We're directing them not just to a good life, but to to Jesus. And so I think discipline also, we need to direct them and disciple them in love, grace, and mercy also. So there's been times as a father that I say, you know what? I want to discipline you, but I want to show you grace because God showed us grace. And so so we're teaching them those things also, grace, mercy, love love in that too. So it has to be, I'm discipling them in all aspects of, of a fulfilled life in Jesus and not a fulfilled life in church, not a fulfilled life. in. these are all aspects that help me with my fulfilled life in Jesus. And so I want to lead them to Jesus. I want to lead them so that whether they agree with me now or not, that, that, like you said, those words are instilled in them those actions are instilled yeah. in them. So we,
0: I knew I had a feeling this would, this would probably happen. Um, that w- there was no way we would get your whole story. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way. So I'm getting a so, part two. No, you're getting a part two. I think, <laughs> I think Archer Quet's going to get a part two too because when you talk about his, uh, he's upcoming too. By the way, uh, he's not a he's not a single shot guy either. No, like none of you guys are. So I want to invite you back and we'll finish up. I, I want to do it back. again and then we'll talk about who you are today, mm-hmm. what you do, and how you do it. There you go. Yeah and what one of the things that I think most people who know you or have heard about you
1: Mm
0: -hmm. would say and I've said it not because I've said it but because I've heard other people say it is he is the the most underestimated dark horse in the history of the world
1: (laughs) I don't make sense yeah Yeah.
0: (laughs) especially when you race a guy Oh my gosh, that's another story (laughs) That's another story we got to talk about your skateboard life too How that plays into it Hey, this is Barry Edgeman Creator and founder of Father Seekers And this is the podcast Teach Me to Father Thanks for listening, share if you would